exciting to be here, and uh, as always, whenever I get to uh, lead worship and then preach, and of course, that's right before the young adults meeting tomorrow night, uh, Pastor Dale tells me I have to earn my full-time position here, so here I am. I'm just kidding. He doesn't tell me that, but it is nice to be able to share with you uh, as well tonight. It's going to be a fun night. As you see, I have water. Water can be very, very exciting when it's done in the right way. I am in in youth ministry as well, so I I can have fun with water, and you'll find out a little bit more about that later. But what I'd like to do is have us do some. Can we open our Bibles to Acts chapter 1, verse 8? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Now, we're coming up on a very interesting weekend, and Some people celebrate, per se, but don't really celebrate because we're Christians and we don't celebrate Halloween. But we go trick-or-treating on Halloween, and some people take their kids and they get dressed up all cute. And we're going to do a very special thing with that a little bit later. How many people got a little piece of Reese's Pieces on the way in? Did everyone get a little piece? If you didn't, you you got really, you got messed up. You you got you talked to the wrong person. So sorry, Steve. Yeah, you get you're out of luck. Sorry, but uh, on the way out, make sure you get a piece of Reese's Pieces candy. We'll talk about that a little more later. Acts one eight. It says this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We've heard this verse before, and especially those who've been in a Pentecostal church for a while, you might have heard this verse in a number of different avenues that, that you will receive the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, and you'll be my witnesses throughout the ends of the earth. The word out of all that that I really want to pull out tonight is that word and. Everyone say and. And is a very special word. Did you know and is even in the dictionary? It goes as far as to say this in the dictionary. Together with or along with, in addition to, as well as. You see, and is a very, very special word when it comes to to this verse in particular. It means together with. It means that there's a a joiningness with this. There is something in particular that these two things, these these two phrases are put together for a reason, and it's because they make something perfect. They make it together. How many people enjoy a good Reese's peanut butter cup? How many people in this room? There is something special about chocolate and peanut butter. I mean, I, let, me, let me get this straight. I mean, peanut butter is great. I, I love peanut butter and jelly. I, I love a lot of things with peanut butter. Chocolate is good with absolutely everything, but there's something special. As a matter of fact, Reese's uh, puts ads out there that say this, perfection, perfection, perfect. The power of peanut butter and chocolate is perfect. And this is not just what I'm preaching on today. I am getting somewhere with this. But there's something special about the Reese's. I never forget trick-or-treating as a little kid and going through all my candy and, and picking out the Reese's peanut butter cups because they were the best. They were, there was, I mean, everything else was okay. I'd eat that later. But the Reese's peanut butter cups, I would just pile those things up and I would definitely take them down. They were so good. Can they work separately? Chocolate, yes. Peanut butter, yes. But together, they're perfect. Chocolate and peanut butter together make perfection. And what I want to get across today, and what I really want us to pull out of tonight, is this one statement. Witnessing is designed 
to work along with the power of the Holy Spirit. Witnessing is designed to work along with and, get that, the power of the Holy Spirit. Because of this weekend, and that a lot of it has, with Christian families, it has more to do with candy than about Halloween, but, but one of the things that a lot of kids do is they go out and they trick-or-treat. And, and it's one of those things that, you know, I was always allowed to do as a kid. I know some families don't allow it. I'm not saying this promoting Halloween. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus, and I'm talking about trick-or-treating. And in comparison, what I'd like us to do is kind of follow a line of how trick-or-treating is like the same concept. If you haven't figured it out yet, I am a youth pastor. I do weird things. And so I'm going to do this tonight. We're talking about trick-or-treating and how it works with witnessing and the power of the Holy Spirit. When you go trick-or-treating, you have to have one special thing in order to go out. What is that? A costume. A costume. There's so many special costumes out there. We're going to show you a couple on the screen tonight. Here's one special costume that this parent was crazy enough to let them wear. Here we go. This is another special costume. I don't know if they're actually going to cook the kid or what's going I don't know what's going on there. Uh, this one, I, I wasn't really sure if I should show, but I decided anyways. Um, I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's good or not, but a, a costume. And, and what I want you to do is imagine with me this thing. Imagine with me that when kids dress up with their costume, that they actually have the character's powers that they are. Imagine those kids that dress up like Luke Skywalker. They have the costume on and they have their power beam, whatever it's called, and I don't watch Star Wars, but they have all this stuff. Imagine if they could really use the force and move mom from one room to the other. You'd probably like that. You'd be in different rooms, but you'd probably wish you had that power too. But, you know, what if a kid could do that? What if a kid, when he dressed up as some magic creature, that, that he could actually do some spell and put one person to another place? What if they had powers when they had their costume on? Imagine how crazy that would get. And what I'd like you to do is kind of picture with me the spiritual concept that Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, is putting a costume on us, and we actually have the powers that go with the character Check this out with me. In, in this verse that we just read, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. There's another verse. It's in Luke 24, 49. It says, I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed. Listen to that. Clothed with power from on high. Clothed with power from on high. Can I say this as we get in? to tonight. The first thing that's important with trick-or-treating is the costume, but for us as spiritual believers, I want us to get this point, that every believer can receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Every believer can receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, growing up, I've heard these terms. I grew up in the Pentecostal church. I've, I've heard about the whole idea of baptism in the Holy Spirit, but it kind of scared me a lot. I remember as a junior hire, they'd ask anybody, hey, anybody in the congregation that wants to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, come on up. And I would, I would come up, and these people would scare me. I mean, like a sixth grader, and they're like, all you got to do is open your mouth and start speaking in tongues, and hush, da, da, da. I'm like, ah, I was scared. I was like a sixth grader. I was freaking out. And it wasn't until high school that I actually had the experience for myself. And I asked God, and I asked God, Lord, would you give me this gift 
of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I prayed for it. And it wasn't until high school that I could really come to have that experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you know, it actually wasn't even until college that I really understood what I was even doing. I mean, you see how this, this path, that is, as I grew up and began to know more and more about this concept of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that I'd like to do tonight is explain it like this. For those who may not know or understand uh, what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is, we are glasses. Maybe not cheap plastic ones like this, but we're glasses, okay? We were designed to be filled with something, okay? We were designed to be filled with water, everlasting water, as Jesus said. And one of the things that happens is when we receive Christ, I'm going to try not to spill here. Very nice. When we receive Jesus into our heart, our glass is full. We are glasses meant to be filled by something. And when we ask Jesus Christ into our heart, we have that moment that's very specific where we say, God, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, and I ask you into my heart and my life, and I want to live the rest of my life for you. When you believe in God, and you believe in him enough to live your life for him, you have your glass filled up to the top. It's filled to the top. And in, Bible, in, in, the, in, the, in the Bible, it describes to us that when you receive salvation, you are, in a way, baptized of the Spirit. You are filled with the Spirit. But there's this whole other concept, this, this separate thing. It can happen at the same time as salvation, but it's separate in itself, and it's called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And what this is, is the concept of when you are filled to the top, you receive Christ, you're saved, you're going to heaven, hallelujah, amen, that's awesome. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit would be as if I took this filter and imagine this being everlasting, never-ending, and I would continue to pour. You see, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an overflow. It's an abundance. It's a submersion. It's, it's being consumed to the point where now it doesn't just affect you, but, but your power and your efforts are now affecting everything around you. If I were to keep pouring this in an everlasting glass, eventually this room would fill up with water. Eventually it would get wet. Eventually things around me would be affected because I have the baptism and the Holy Spirit. Because there's a power that's overflowing. I'm submerged. It's, out, it's outcoming of my, of my heart, of my spirit, in my life. It's a baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now you may ask, well, what is this, what is this for? What is this, this gift? And the Bible describes it as a gift that we can receive from him. The baptism in the Holy Spirit has so much power behind it, and I want to see it like this. In Acts 1 through 6, in Romans and Corinthians, it says we, we gain personal boldness through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In John 16, 8, we gain spiritual sensitivity by the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.17, new vision and comprehension of God's purposes by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Throughout Acts and in Romans 8.26, a greater desire to pray, a greater desire to know God. How many people want that? A greater desire to seek after God with everything that's inside of them. In John 16.13, in Acts 2, a deeper love and understanding for God's word. Do you see that? And it continues, and it continues, but one of the most significant points, and if you see how all these wrap into one thing, it gives us power to be a witness. It gives us power. 
It gives us boldness. It gives us a desire for God and his purposes for us on this planet because it's not just being full ourselves, though that's awesome. Eternity with God promised to us by his Father. Goodness, this is awesome. But to be overflowing, to have the power of the Holy Spirit overflow within our hearts and our lives, to be submerged with him, to have an experience with him where we feel so close to God. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's putting on a costume. It's putting on the power that God is describing in Luke and the power that God is describing here in Acts. Every believer can receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if you really tail it down, every believer can be a witness, a witness that is designed to work with the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, because it's, it's two things that are perfectly good and perfectly great but worked in combination and put in combination is perfect. And it's by design. So first of all, we have to put on our costumes, our baptism in the Holy Spirit. Our baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's an experience I believe that every believer can be a part of and can and take part in. So the first is our costume, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Second is this, our mission. Our mission. Will somebody help me out? What is the mission of a trick-or-treater. What is the mission of a trick-or-treater? Get candy. As much candy as possible. Bags of candy. Go to the same house that gives away that big candy bar three times if you have to. Get candy. That's the mission of trick-or-treating. Get as much candy to bring home as possible. And then hide some of it so mom doesn't see all of it, but she thinks you got this much, but you really got this much. As much candy as you could possibly get. Get candy so that you could bring it home. What's the mission of a believer? To go get people and bring them home. To get people and bring them home. So that the lost are found, and the blind will see, and the deaf will hear, and those that are dead will be alive in Christ because of our witness, because of our mission. And in the verse that we read in, in Acts 1.8, you will be my witnesses. How many, how many think that sounds optional? Will be. Our strong words. You will be my witnesses. And I come here today and what I want to declare to every person in this room is that every believer has a mission to be a witness. If you don't believe me, it says in the Bible throughout so many things that there will be a light in the darkness. We're to be a city on a hill. We're to go into the world. Am I right? That we're declaring the mission and the calling of Jesus Christ on our lives. Get this with me. Evangelism is not a spiritual gift. It's a spiritual responsibility. Evangelism is not a spiritual gift. It's a spiritual responsibility that we have as Christians, as believers. Why? Because, first of all, people need Jesus. People need Jesus. But secondly, you know, there's a part in evangelism and there's a part in being a witness and sharing God that actually does something inside of us as well. How many people have been on a missions trip or, or you've, you've witnessed to somebody, you've given somebody a word of truth and you've, you've really felt that God put it in your heart to tell somebody about him? Does it not stretch you as well? Does it not change us as believers? It affects us. It does something inside of us. As a matter of fact, I, I think of it like this. If there is a certain candy that you really love, let's say 
It's Reese's, like me, Reese's. Oh, I love it. I love Reese's. I will tell anybody in this world, I love Reese's. You should try it too because it'll change your life, okay? Now, most likely they have. But if I didn't really care that much for Reese's, I probably wouldn't promote Reese's that much. Or maybe if I just thought Reese's was okay, I probably wouldn't go to all my friends and be like, oh, you, you will love this candy. You have to try it. And let me just think, I want us to think about it like this. If, if there's something that you won't necessarily promote, then you're probably not all that into it yourself. So if you're one of those people, and I, and I hate to put it out there like this, but this is just the, the reality, this is truth. If you're somebody that would say, you know, I'm really, I really don't feel called to witness. I, you know, I feel called to, um, you know, worship Jesus, uh, which is good. I, you know, I feel called to play my instrument. I, I feel called, but, but witnessing is, is not my thing. You know, if I have a favorite restaurant, I don't just go to it by myself all the time and don't ever tell anybody about it. If there's a place you really like, am I right, ladies? If there's a store that you like, if there's shoes that you like, if there's a dress that you like, if there's clothes that you like, whatever it may be, if there's something that you are into and you love whatever this thing is, you're going to tell somebody about it. And I would challenge you tonight that if there's people in your life, and there is, that everyone has somebody in their life that they have to be a witness to, there's somebody in your life that should be your mission. It should be your mission. Because if you don't like a restaurant that much, you're not going to tell many people about it. But if you love a restaurant, if you love God, man, with everything inside of your heart, you're going to make it your mission to tell people about it. If you really believe in something, you'll share it with others. So very briefly, we have to put on our costume. We have to put on our costume to go trick-or-treating. We have to declare our mission. We have to understand our goal. But third of all, we have to do something. We have to know our location. We have to know our location. You see, every trick-or-treater has a neighborhood. Am I right? The the trick-or-treaters know which neighborhoods to go to. They know which neighborhood that they're a part of. And and growing up, it was always just my local neighborhood. I would would never want to go anywhere else because it wasn't my neighborhood. I go to my neighborhood where I was called to go. And in Acts 1.8, it says to go into Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Our location is this. Listen, believers. Every believer has been assigned to a location. Every believer has been assigned to a location. And Jesus tells us to go tell all the world, all the world, so that all the world may know. This year as I've been studying leadership uh, at school, and it's been a lot of work, it's been a lot of effort, a lot of late nights doing all this work, studying the concept of leadership and you know, as I've been focusing on it, as I've been taking a lot of it in, I began to thought up. I began to think about this concept of leading somebody to Christ. Has anybody ever heard that term? I'm leading somebody to Christ. You've heard of that. And along with that concept, I've I've thought about it in in my mind over the over the last year, understanding leadership and the concept of it. You know, in order to lead someone to Christ, you must be a leader. You must be a leader, and in order to be a leader, you must have a follower. Some may not understand that if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, that you're a leader. And that you have somebody following you. You may not know who it is. You may not realize they are. And maybe even you do. But who is following you? Because there's somebody. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's a coworker. You're leading somebody 
What are you leading them into? What are you directing them toward? What are you guiding them in? Because you're a leader of something. You're a leader of someone. But what are you leading? And where are you leading them to? I can tell you one of my followers, that sounds really weird to say, but one of my followers is here tonight. I'm going to invite him up. Can we invite Milan up? He's from the youth group here. Just put your hands together for him. What a, what a cool guy. He's come so far over the last year. Just come on and stand right here, Milan. No big deal. This is going to be fun. You know, Milan's been around with us uh, for, for over a year now, and uh, he's, he's done a lot with us. But, you know, Milan, in a lot of ways, um, has grown, and, and just I've seen that just, you know, in our youth group, he's just gone so far. But it was in a youth group that I, I began, thanks to Pastor Daryl and allowing me to come five or six years ago to, to be a part of this group. But before even I came to this church, I received Jesus into my heart, and I made him my Lord and Savior. And when that happened, I filled my cup up with Jesus. I'm going to ask you to put this just above your head. Don't spill it on yourself, because that would be really messy. Just put it above your head. There you go. There you go. Be very, very careful. When I received Jesus into my heart, I was called into the ministry. I was called to do something. I was called to a place, to a location. But before any of that, I received Christ into my life. And as I told you before, it was around high school that, that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I, I was clothed with power, as the Bible describes it, from on high. And in that doing, I, I began to allow God to pour through me and overflow so that anybody that would be underneath my leadership would be affected. So that anybody that would be under me in any way, and when I say under me, I'm not talking about in, in a business way or, you know, under me as CEO, all this stuff. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that God put under me in my place, my friends, my family, anybody that I was around to affect, God gave me the opportunity and put them as my mission to affect them positively. And I want to let you know that anybody that is under you, in other words, maybe at your work or at your school or at your location or at your business or wherever it may be, that they are under you. They're under our responsibility. God has called us. They should be our mission. They should be our mission. And so Milan, about a, over a year ago, came and he became one of the many students that are my mission. They're my mission. And anybody that I come into contact with, I'll tell you, I hope that you think the same way as I do, that they become my mission. And it was at this location here at Christian Life Church that whenever anybody comes into a location that I'm a part of, I add them to my mission. Do you see where I'm going with this? Milan's not liking how this is going. There is a concept that I'm trying to get across to us tonight. But we're all cups. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've been filled with water. And if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you should be overflowing with the love of Christ and the effect that Christ has in your life. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit especially, I would hope that there's people underneath you and that are in your location that you've made your mission. And whatever you, you'll do anything in the world to bring them to God. Because you've had his power. You've been clothed from on high from Jesus Christ, from God the Father. And this effect that we have, 
through the baptism of the Holy Spirit is very powerful. Because I could just stay how I am. I could let people just sit underneath me and not have any effect. Or I could let the power of the Holy Spirit work through me and affect the people around me. But what if we don't? What if we don't feel God? What if, what if we've been one of those people that, that we've, we've heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but we haven't experienced it for ourselves? Can I tell you today that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a gift from God? And I can't explain why God didn't give me that gift the first time I asked him for it. But I'll tell you what, I asked God, and I continued to ask God. I was scared of it, but I became less and less scared of it the more I asked God, Lord, I pray that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I could be full of your power, clothed from on high, that I can affect people around me. And when I was in high school and I discovered that, that power that was in my life, and I knew that I would come to a place like this, this location, and I would have missions, congratulations, Blonde, that are underneath me, I knew that I would be baptized through the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and God working through me that I could evangelize and I could help change people's hearts and lives. But I'm not a pastor. What if I'm not a pastor? I don't have people under me. I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't teach people. Oh, but you do teach people. Oh, but you do have people under you. Oh, but you do have a location that God's called you to, and I don't care if you're a pastor. I don't care if you work at Walmart. It doesn't really matter. If you are at a location, if you're at a place, if people are around you at any point in your life, you have a calling to that location. You have a mission that's underneath you. And through the salvation that's inside of you, and through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the power of evangelism, God wants to work through you to change people's lives around us. <laughs> And just like that, can we give it up for Milan? He's like, I hate you. (laughs) So we've just lost one of my missions, um, but I'm just kidding. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, I did purposely do this when Pastor Darrell wasn't here so I wouldn't get in trouble, but just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. The power of the Holy Spirit. Before we close today, I'd like to say this. The fourth and the final thing that we have to come and understand that's a part of trick-or-treating, but it's more importantly a part of our evangelistic outreach is this, our time, our time. You know, to the ends of the earth, obviously, it has the effect and the meaning of, you know, to the ends of the earth. But there's a key word inside that phrase that, that has me a little scared, and that word is end. How many people know that there is an end? There will be an end. And as a, as a kid, when I would go trick-or-treating at night, because here I guess they don't let you go past like three or four or whatever it is, I forget. But, but back home, you were allowed to trick-or-treat at people's houses until it got too dark to see. Until it got too dark to see. And can I give us a sad reality? And it's, it's a fact, and we have to be aware of this every day that in every moment that we have breath, that it's getting darker and darker. And eventually there'll be a day when it's too dark to see. And it's at that moment that Jesus is going to return and our time is up. Our time is up. God has given us this time. He's given us our location. 
He's given us the people under us that are our mission. But more importantly, he's given us his power to be able to go through with it. You know, I love the picture, and I've used it before in youth group, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Kind of like people that would just take, you know, when you get saved, let's say you take a, a regular manual screwdriver and you just, you start, you know, you start screwing it. But imagine switching from a regular screwdriver to a power screwdriver. Guys know what I'm talking about. There's a big difference, okay? I've done the sit there for three hours and try and do something, but if you have an electric screwdriver, oh, it changes everything. Man, how much can I tell you that being clothed with the power from on high will change your vision, it'll change your perspective, and it'll help you to see that evangelism and the power of the Holy Spirit together are perfect. They're designed for each other. They're made for each other. And just like those Reese's peanut butter cups when you walked in and you were able to put it in your mouth and taste it, just felt so good and perfect. There's no better combination than evangelistic work through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 makes it very, very clear. If we put those in combination, God will do powerful things in our hearts and our lives and in the hearts and lives of people around us. So before we continue on tonight, can we stand to our feet? We're going to move into a time of, of praise and worship, and uh, I'll tell you what, I, I just... I can't say it enough that God is doing awesome things in our church. I mean, to be able to see, if you could only see the things that were outside this hallway over the last couple of days, I mean, there is so much stuff. And people, hundreds of people were able to come in and just get stuff for free. Families that can't afford anything, they were able to grab stuff for free. They were able to come and get something that nothing else in this world has, a free gift. There's so many places in this world that has free gifts, but we all know they're not really free. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? They're not really free. Somehow, someway, you pay for it. But we offer something here, and God offers a free gift of salvation. And when we have salvation, he offers the second gift, and that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what I'd like us to do tonight, there may be people in this room that may have never received Christ in their life before. You may have never said yes to God. And you may not even understand completely what that means, but, but if you've never heard that before, the Bible says that when you believe in Him, you have everlasting life. But what goes into belief is not just saying, oh, oh yeah, I, I believe in Him. I, I believe I like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. No, you have to say, I believe. And feel that you believe and mean that you believe with everything inside your heart. Believe enough that you're willing to commit the rest of your life to God. And you have everlasting life. That's your destiny. If you just say and you think and you feel those certain words, God, I believe in you. But secondly, and for those who may already be believers, we can receive this free gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if you've never experienced it before, please don't feel like you're this person. Oh, I'm, I'm just out of the loop. I don't even know what's going on. Like, no. You know, it took me so many times of asking God for this gift. I can't even tell you. But I'll never forget there was a moment in my room that I was just sitting there and I was just playing my guitar and I was just asking God, Lord, would you give me this gift? I've been asking, I've been asking, God, I'm so ready. And I'll never forget this overwhelming feeling just come over me. I, I started crying. I mean, I, I just started to, to say things I never thought I'd say before, speak in a way I never spoke before. And this power 
power came over me. And I, I can't even explain it to you other than to say that I just wanted to do everything for God. I, I wanted to go everywhere in one moment. I was almost schizophrenic. I could do anything. I was going crazy for God. And I'm not necessarily saying that you have to, you know, jump up and do that physically. It's not a physical thing. It's an internal spiritual depth. And I'll tell you what, when you receive that gift, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. And just like any other gift, how do you receive a gift? You, you just reach out for it. You can't, you can't reach and take it. You can't steal the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you can reach out for it. And so what I'd like to do tonight, with every head bowed and every eye closed, is we go into this song. Can we just do something? Can we just lift our hands to heaven across this place? It doesn't have to be high. It doesn't have to be low. It just has to be a surrendered heart to God. And Lord, as we reach out to you tonight, Lord, we ask that your power would come through. Lord, that there may be believers in this place, God, that are asking for this gift, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, an overflowing submersion, God, where you consume us and you change us. Lord, there may be even be people in this room that have never accepted you. They've never believed in you, God. They've never really believed in you. But God, I pray tonight, Lord, that wherever any person is in this room, God, whether it's believing you for the first time or maybe it's believing for a gift of this baptism of the Holy Spirit, God, that we would be open to it. God, that we would receive it. God, and just like a gift, we just simply lift our hands and we say, God, we're ready for it. Lord, we don't have control of when it comes. You may or may not give it to us. That's your choice. It's by your time and your determination. But for tonight, God, we just ask, God, would you fill us today, God? Lord, would you change us? God, would you pour your fire inside of us? And just like on the day of Pentecost, as fire came, Lord, I pray that in the spiritual sense, Lord, that there would be a fire that flows in this room, oh God. Lord, that would change hearts and change lives and change perspectives, God. Lord, that we would be open to you and in love with you with everything inside of us tonight. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. We're going to go into a time of worship.